Hello and welcome to London Film Club with me, Arazu Baker. This is your weekly roundup of all the biggest films to hit the capital screens this week. We are joined today by my favourite film fiend, David Brake, our resident reviewer who also doubles up as the editor-in-chief of film blog One Room with a View. We also welcome to the show our guest, Jacob Stolworthy, who works and writes for The Independent. To kick off the show tonight, we are heading straight into the complex mind of Jason Bourne in what can only be described as the Chronicles of Bourne. Mm -hmm. Jacob, tell us about the storyline. Okay, so yeah, as you say, Jason Bourne, everyone's favourite uh, yeah. amnesia-stricken CIA assassin. <laughs> uh, he's back. In the top three. In the top three. For the first time uh, since 2007, the Bourne Ultimatum. It's been a while. It's been a while. Uh, this time around, well, when we first see him, he's in the middle of Europe fist-fighting for money, as you do. Uh, but he's lured out of uh, to break cover by an old accomplice, uh, the very lovely Julia Stiles, who mm. plays Nikki Parsons, yep. uh, which captures the um, attentions of the CIA, uh, namely Robert Dewey, the director, yeah. uh, who is played by Tommy Lee Jones. And uh, we've got a new agent, Heather Lee, who's played by reigning Oscar champ Alicia Vikander. She's everywhere, mm. isn't she? She is everywhere. <laughs> she is everywhere. She, she's, she wants to, she's more liberal. She wants to bring him in. She thinks she can bring him in, but Dewey wants him dead. Tommy yeah. Lee Jones wants him dead. And that's where uh, we're at. Yeah, and it, it's a it's a very interesting one because I think the the that story when you know when you read it out there and people who because we we both love the Bourne franchise mm, love right? them yeah like and for 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 us like I would say the when the Bourne Ultimatum ended I think for a lot of Bourne diehards as it were that's where the sort of franchise. It was just it such a perfect ending, right? Yeah, it, it finished, uh, uh, you know, when it was... Which is quite peak. rare, isn't it? Because so often rare. it's disappointing. Mm -hmm. Right, and then and it feels so odd, and I think that's one of the bigger problems of the film, is that it's sort of... It, it's trying to recover from a perfect ending. Mm -hmm. It's like... Which is near impossible. Finn... But wait, there's more. And it spends the first half an hour like trying to open like a really old chest with a crowbar and takes ages and loads of pumping and you're just like, almost there, almost there. And now the film can begin because it spends so much time creating that world in the beginning. Completely. And I think Paul Greengrass, who directed uh, the yeah. second and third, The Bourne Supremacy mm. and The Bourne Ultimatum, yeah. he, uh, he's got, you know, with the handheld camera, he's the best at it. He, he makes these really uh, well-executed scenes mm. and he's, uh, he's co-written this uh, alongside his editor editor, Christopher Rouse, and I think the only thing they've proved here with Jason Bourne mm. is that they can still direct really amazingly tense yep. action sequences, but the script it's I just think not there. Yeah. But is that is that a reason to watch? Because if you love Jason Bourne, then you yeah. love those intense action sequences. Well, yeah, but it's sort of it, it's a it's a two-hander because the missing element here is Tony Gilroy, who actually directed Bourne Legacy, mm -hmm. the sort of weird four film with Jeremy Renner, and he hit that sort of element of conspiracy, tapping into that wider sort of importance of what's going on. Because that's probably the biggest biggest flaw with the film is that the action scenes are great. Greengrass is second to none, as we've seen with the likes of Captain Phillips. He yeah. he's got it down. Mm -hmm. But it's just the stakes. What does it all mean, you know? Yeah, I mean, for me, it does find its way midway through, which was yeah. a physical relief because I do <laughs> love these films. But, like, I think the problem is it's kind of trying to justify its existence for a lot of the running time. Mm. There's lots of mentions of Edward Snowden, oh, which no. is trying to ground it in, you know, it's now, and it, it, it kind of feels like it should have been released six years ago. Well, that's the thing. Is there any excuse for having... I mean, I know you love the action scenes and that's yeah. why you'd go and watch it, mm -hmm. but by this point when there has been so many and it's ended on such a high, mm. was there a reason for it? Was it necessary? I think... Well, big question, big question. It is a big question. I think if you do love the character of Jason Bourne, because Matt Damon, I think I read somewhere that he only has... Tw he had 25 lines of dialogue in yeah. this film. He does, yeah, 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 yeah. He, he does so much with, with that role. Mm. Uh, he's, he's a great character. And, but, uh, does it feel like he only has 
No, I think it, I, I don't think, think it, it does. I think no, it, it's efficient. That's what his character is, and that's no bad thing. But I think in answering your question about you know, is, does it deserve to be made? And I think Jacob's kind of hit it on the head. Like five yeah. years ago, we would be celebrating this, going, "How relevant! Wow, Snowden's just happened." Mm -hmm. Now Snowden is like in the past. He's like old stuff, apparently. Yeah. And so having a film that's sort of trying to tap into the digital new age of terrorism, but not really tackling it. It's not really yeah. about huge government conspiracies so much now, and it becomes the, yeah. the sort of pivot is a bit weak. Mm. So then, with with that in mind, how mm. many popcorns would you give it? Well, I think. I think if where the originals were sort of fours and fives because they had a great plot and great action, where it doesn't really have the great plot, I think it comes down to three. Still a blockbuster, but sort of not all there. Yeah. You agree? I agree with David. I think it's a three star. It does find its feet, but uh, find its feet by the end. And I was I was gripped. And the last mm. uh, 45 minutes, it's kind of the same quality as uh, the Born Identity, which is oh, a great, yeah. great film. So you give it the same as three David three. Yeah. Right. So London Film Club is giving Jason Bourne three stars. Jason Bourne hits the big screens today. So go and watch it. We'd love to know your thoughts on this and any other film we cover. Simply jump onto Twitter or Facebook and hashtag us at London Film Club. The Commune. Yeah. Tell us a bit about it. All right. Well, it's adapted by a play from the director, Thomas Winterberg. And it's an interesting one where this couple, he's just, the, Eric, the architect, has just inherited this large house. And... They're basically, it's so expensive, the rent, that they need to get other people in to sort of uh, afford it. And that's how the commune is born, because it's loads of little people coming together. Now, the main story is basically where the wife, who's all for it initially, ends up, we end up following her breakdown as sort of things go awry in her life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that was a pretty good summary. I think that was, that was a very good summary. summary. Yeah. I thank you so much. Um, I just like <laughs> praise for my work as I do it. Um, but I think <laughs> well it's done, a, well done. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> uh, it's a very interesting film, because the concept, I think, as a whole, captures my interest, you know, because a lot of the time, you know, we've got Finding Dory and, you know, and that's that's sort of the big blockbuster, so everyone's going to go see that. So it's nice to sort of pepper the taste with this. Definitely. But it, and so the concept's interesting, but I don't know if it fully executed it. I mean, for me, the director, Thomas Vinsberg, I'm a big fan. He did, uh, mm. he's, he's a co-founder of the Dogma 95 movement with Huge. Lars von Trier. Yeah. He's very influential. And he's done two amazing films before that I love called Fesson and The Hunt. So when I heard oh, about terrible. the commune, I was excited. However, it falls very... For me, uh, short of the mark. Yeah. Uh, Is it because of your expectations? Yes, I will say, because think? I actually enjoyed the commune. I, I think maybe a little bit more than you did. I think that's probably true, because I think I didn't come in with expectations. I know the director, Thomas Winterberg, is a huge, sort of, like, a very powerful director. Yeah. But I kind of came in very open-minded. I was like, oh, something different this week. But I still sort of found that in the first, where the one of the problems I had with it is that, so it's all about the commune. So you've got at least nine other different characters in here, but the yeah. film only ever really focuses on two or three. Yeah, they're all. Uh, they're, they're Which just is there a bit weird because to make up the numbers. It's like a community and yeah. yeah, and it sort of, and I didn't think it sort of paid off. And I guess the other problem is one of the key storylines is about how the Eric, the architect, goes and falls in love with uh, the student, and the big problem is is that Eric is a bit of a loser. He's awful. <laughs> so like, he doesn't justify if the... If I were yeah. looking to date a man... And, uh, yeah, and if I were looking to not. date a man, I, I would walk on by, frankly. <laughs> he is awful. You he's heard rude, it here first. he's untalented. <laughs> and, like, that's not necessarily the actor's fault at all. It's more just the script in that sense. And I think... The so script and the casting? I think I think Arik, I think he does a good job, Eric Thompson. Yeah. He, um, he he it's a bit of a thankless role, um, but I think uh, now's probably a good time mm -hmm. to talk about uh, Trina Durham, who is all uh, hail. Yeah, she is incredible. Everything she is in, she is incredible in. Mm. Um, but she in this, she really 
oh. carries it, um, and she she's the sort of actress that if if she's laughing, you want to laugh with her. Mm. If she's crying, which by the end of Infectious, this film, like, yeah, kind of, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But the problem is, at the end of this film, it, it kind of uh, it coalesces into, into it's like a Danish EastEnders by the end. <laughs> Danish EastEnders. That's good. That's good. <laughs> yeah. It's also a bit of be careful what you wish for because she's all for it, and then yeah, it just goes. And, and so in that sense, if I just follow that sort of that storyline, it becomes quite good because uh, you know we've been talking a lot about the flaws and stuff like the characters yeah. and everything else. But I can't really understate how good Trindilholm is. So like, she's a saving grace of the oh, whole film. By far. Absolutely, yeah. completely she is. Um, the reason to see this film. So with that kind of effect, how many popcorns would you give it? I think it's, it's, it's three and it's, that's 2.75 is down to her. Down to Trina. That's saying a lot, though. Like it means without her, you would have given it a 0.25. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. No comment. I mean, I enjoyed it more. I mean, yeah. I, we are. I'm going to give it three two, and we are going to we are going to return Trina Durham Threena. We well, see. I'm, I'm, I'm Threena. Threena. <laughs> That's what we do. Don't, leave That's what we're doing. Don't let it go past. <laughs> I had to go because of that, <laughs> I have to give it a three. I would have given it less, but really? anyway, Threena it is. London Film Club gives the commune three stars and it hits our big screens tomorrow. Finding Dory. Yeah. That's, that's not a little film, it's a big film. Tell it's us about it. It's a big film. Uh, I think straight up it's important to say this is the film of the week and it's the sequel to Finding Nemo Absolutely. from 2004. And basically now, every, you know, they're all back together but then Dory starts to remember shock horror, uh, about her family. And so that sort of kickstarts the quest for them to travel across the other side of the ocean uh, to find her family. And really, it's, it's a lovely film. It is. Yeah, it, it is. I think I think it's important to point out I'm, I'm, that it's a rung down the Pixar ladder for for me anyway. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's not as good as Finding Nemo. It's more kind of the Monsters University realm, which yeah, as an, as an yeah. excuse to revisit a world that you've you've been to before and you've visited time and time. World. Such a beautiful world oh. with with a whole ensemble of new sea creatures. Mm. Why why would you not go and see that? I mean, and they do yeah. it well. And they, they do it brilliantly well. I yeah. mean, Ellen DeGeneres is at the helm of it. She's great. What I, did you, I, make of her? I, you know, her voice acting is genuinely some of the best around. Yeah. It's, uh, it could this role so, could so easily turn into parody. You know, with the sort of hyperactive, and she just she brings heart and she brings the laughs and. Dory is genuinely the reason to watch this film. You know, she's a great character, and the but there are good additional characters this time. Completely, like Hank, uh, like Hank and, and two, there's two uh, English sea lions. Uh, yeah. yeah, played by yeah. Dominic West and Idris Elba in the most unlikely wire yeah, reunion. The wire reunion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is really strange, but so good. It's brilliant, isn't it? It's just we, we can't deny the fact that it has been a massive 13 years between. Yes, it has. The yeah, two. but I, I think for children, obviously, you know, you grow up with a lot of Pixar films. I think this one will fit very nicely in. And I, it's not just for children, though. There are jokes for oh, adults. Oh, completely. I mean, and, and it, I mean, I laughed over 20 times, which yeah. for a film, yeah, that's absolutely. what you want, right? But yeah. I would say, didn't cry. And I, I now that, yeah. and I'm, a, I'm not oh, saying, mate. as most people have said, I'm not exactly a hard man, you know. I'm not exactly <laughs> the bouncer at the club. Well. But, you know, well, I do stuff you to keep could, myself maybe. going. But it's more that... There are moments which sort of, you know, push that kind of emotional button, but, you know, Finding Nemo is, is very, very powerful because it's got so many different plots, you know, like the shark bait storyline in Finding Nemo is very powerful. Yeah. And then this one, it's sort of, it's good, but then it never has that moment where you go, oh, wow, that's... That kind of, that oh, struck kind of no, moment. No up or inside out moment where you're bawling yes, in the aisles. that's it, yeah. And, but 
Baby Dory did, you know, kind of get me, uh, yes. it melted my It is my very cute. Heart. My, yeah. my ice heart was melted momentarily, yeah. but then it sort of healed back over again <laughs> because they kept doing flashbacks. And that's not a bad thing, I know. Flashbacks are good, but... I quite like them. But I really the like them. I think I'm with Arazu here. Yeah. 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 The first it was half so hour cute. flashbacks. It was Baby Dory. Baby yeah. Dory is, like, one What's of the best things. What's wrong with you people? Completely. Like, <laughs> I mean, she's it cute, but, like, not Where is your soul? Jacob, I'm going to talk to you. Yeah, just to start Evacuate him from the conversation. <laughs> there are some. There's, I think there's probably one scene in this film that I would say is up there, one of my favourite out of all the Pixar films. Mm. Uh, involves um, kids putting their hands into that is very good, uh, into tanks. Yes. It was hilarious. I was like, it kind of adds that kind of realm of. Everyone knows kids do that, but it shows you the mm. other side yeah, of it. Exactly. Yeah, which that's is what they do so this well. does. So, exactly. And there's that nice moment at the end of the scene with the, the octopus itself, and then you sort of go, there you go, there's quintessential Disney. Mm. So I don't think the gap, like, you, this, you know, it has been yeah. a very long time since the last film, I don't think the gap's been sort of too detrimental to it. I no, think it I does agree. fit quite well. I think it does, and I think um, it's justified uh, by the end of the film. Oh, yeah. I was really yeah, happy yeah, yeah. that I'd seen it and that it, had that it existed. I think it's with a 13 year gap, there's a lot of people that would have watched it and been so much younger 13 years ago, mm, yeah. as we yeah, all yeah, were, yeah. Yeah. and would remember it. So it's very essential that it appeals to not just kids yeah. and oh, adults, totally. and it does that really well. Yeah, it does. And I, I, I think if I'm a kid, you know, for some holidays this year, I think parents are in luck. You know, we've had the BFG last week, which was great, and we've got this, which is great, and they both appeal to both the children and the adults. Yeah. And so you sort of get, and, and that's great, you know, because obviously you've got to do something to entertain them. Yeah. And so sending them to find, spending two hours or whatever it is in Finding Dory, it's not exactly yeah. a hardship. So no. with that, how many popcorns would you give it? I think I'm going to give it a, a good four, like a really genuinely really good, good four. four. What I about mean, you, Jacob? Yeah, four, all right. day long. Yeah, four, yeah, definitely a four. I think we're all giving it a four. London Film Club. We'll give Finding Dory a four and it hits the big screens tomorrow. So catch it. That is it. That's all we have time for this week. But we have a massive one for you next week as we battle a villainous affair in Suicide Squad. That's it from Jacob, David and myself. Remember, next Thursday, 7.30, we'll be right back on your screens. Have the loveliest of evenings and we shall see you next week.